0: Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com spoken. That's linkedin.com spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include abuse torture, sexual and domestic abuse. Now, I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories, and leave out any unnecessary details that honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. Wichita, Kansas is home to around 395,000 residents as of 2021, and it is certainly no stranger to violent crime. For many decades, the residents of Wichita were stalked by Dennis Rader, also known as BTK. But in 2017, another horrifying crime would come to light that would shock residents once more. Three-year-old Evan Brewer should have been starting a happy and healthy life. Unfortunately, that life would be tragically cut short, and his body would be discovered in one of the most gruesome ways possible. Evan's biological father fought desperately to save his son, but his attempts were futile. This is Evan's story.
0: He's a three-year-old boy who disappeared two months ago today. Now, officers believe they found his remains encased in concrete. And as 41 Action News investigator Jessica McMaster finds his father tried to step in. And Child Services may have known that the toddler was suffering for months before his death. This is three-year-old Evan Brewer. Police believe they found his remains at the home where he lived with his mom and her boyfriend in Wichita. This is a protection from abuse order filed by the boy's father. It details multiple reports of abuse made to the Kansas Department for Children and Families that date back more than a year before the boy's body was discovered.
1: September 2, 2017. A property once lived in by 36-year-old Miranda Miller, 40-year-old Stephen Bodine, and Miller's three-year-old son Evan. This property, located on South Vine, was visited by the property's owner. According to reports, Miller, Bodine and Evan had vacated the property in the weeks beforehand and he had arrived to start cleaning the home up. As he went into the utility room, he saw something strange. A large slab of concrete had recently been laid and there was whisperings around South Wichita that Miller's son Evan Brewer was nowhere to be found. Panicked, the landlord rushed to where the concrete had been laid and realised it was being covered by a carpet-covered platform with heavy toolboxes on top. After finally moving the rubble and rubbish out of his way, he discovered the platform had been created using fresh concrete, and that it most likely held the answers to his questions. Armed with a sledgehammer, he chipped away at the concrete block placed on a frame with wheels. Beads of sweat gathered on his head as he continued to chip away at the structure, and that's when he saw it. A small outline of what appeared to be a human body, wrapped in black tar or felt roofing paper, duct tape, aluminium flooring, towels, and a teenage mutant Ninja Turtles bedsheet. He cried as he realised that he just stumbled across the encased remains of three year old Evan Brewer. The police were summoned to the scene immediately, and a total recovery effort was made to retrieve Evan's remains, as officers worked tirelessly. Many of them wept and shouted in anger at what they had discovered. The undeniable stench of decomposition filled the air of the home, and everyone attending the scene knew what they were dealing with. When Evan's body was finally free from his concrete grave, his tiny body was transported to the coroner's office for a complete autopsy. Unfortunately, the level of decomposition made it almost impossible for the coroner to determine a cause of death although it was glaringly obvious that this was a homicide. Everyone who interacted with the crime scene that day found themselves scarred by what they had seen.
0: Police removed the concrete structure from the house and later found the remains of the child that was approximately three years old. A disturbing find out of Wichita over the weekend. The remains of a child, believed to be Evan Brewer, discovered inside this home. The 41 Action News investigators pulled court records that show the little boy likely lived a life of suffering. The circumstances surrounding this particular case has been difficult for the family, the first responders, and the community.
1: For the Wichita Police Department, the discovery of Evan's body was a troubling conclusion to what had been a months-long investigation. In March 2017, Carlo Brewer, the biological father of Evan, made a call to the Kansas Department of Children and Families regarding the welfare of his son. During this initial report, Carlo told DCF that Evan had been abused by Miller and Bodine. At Miller and Bodine's trial, Carlo addressed the court and told them about the last few times he ever saw his son alive, saying, quote, We'd see bruises on him. And Sarah would question it, and I would question if it was just a toddler getting bruises. But then we started putting everything together, his behaviour and whatnot. Then, that's when I really began to question if there was abuse going on in that home. Unquote. Carla would also later tell the court that his son's behaviour massively shifted shortly before his death. Evan started to become aggressive towards his other son, who has never been named, and Carlo even alleged that Evan would try to choke his other son during his visits in early 2017. Carlo also told the court that in February 2017 was the first time he noticed something was amiss with Evan, when he noticed that his developmental process was slow. Evan's speech patterns suggest that he was regressing, not progressing, which prompted Carlo to contact the Department of Children and Families. After receiving the report from Carlo and his partner, Sarah, DCF investigated the matter and issued a Protection from Abuse Order, or PFA, as we'll refer to it for the remainder of this episode. According to news outlets, this order alleged that there had been suspicions of abuse and reports of abuse dating back to July 2016. Carlo claimed that every time he saw his son, he was always in dirty clothes and covered in a myriad of injuries. KWCH also reported that several 911 calls had been made about the potential abuse towards Evan, although it does not state who these calls were made by. Once DCF had investigated the claims made by Carlo and Sarah and the PFA was issued, the Wichita Police Department were tasked with locating Evan, Miller and Bodine and serving them with the order, which is where they ran into issues. With the reports of abuse looming over their heads, Miller and Bodine fled, and as such, investigators were not able to track them down to serve the order. At one point, investigators even feared that Miller had taken Evan out of state. Evan had been the point of several court appearances between the couple, and in one appearance, Miller would say that, over her dead body, that Carlo would ever gain custody of his son. May 18th, 2017. Carlo, in a state of distress, obtained another order that stated Evan must be turned over to him. This came after the initial PFA, issued on May 4th, 2017, was unable to be carried out. For months, investigators continued to follow the trail of Miller and Bodine, but they were always one step behind. All the while, precious Evan was in danger – Investigators and Carlo hoped and prayed for a peaceful and happy resolution to the case, but as the days wore on, the clock was ticking. It wouldn't be until September 2017 that investigators would finally learn what became of Little Evan. At the time of the discovery, Bodine and Miller were already imprisoned on other charges relating to a domestic disturbance that took place in August 2017 against Carlo Brewer
0: the 41 action news investigators pulled court records that show the little boy likely lived a life of suffering the circumstances surrounding this particular case has been difficult for the family the first responders and the community In May, Evan's father, Carlo Brewer, filed this order of protection from abuse against Stephen Bodine. In it, Brewer alleges a witness told him Bodine would beat Evan to the brink of death. Brewer states he tried taking Evan to the doctor for injuries, but that the boy's mom, Miranda Miller, and her boyfriend wouldn't allow him.
1: Now that investigators had Evan's body, they had a world of questions for Bodine and Miller. And during her interrogation, Miller agreed to testify against her boyfriend in exchange of a lesser sentence. Over the coming weeks, investigators would learn about Evans' final days on Earth. Whilst the autopsy could not confirm a cause of death or even a date, Miller's testimony would provide investigators with some all-important insight. Unfortunately, news reports cannot agree with each other and it appears that even Miller can't agree on the definite date on which Evan died. In the months before his death, Evan was subjected to brutal and horrific torture at the hands of his mother and her boyfriend. According to the Daily Mail, Stephen Bodine was a foreboding presence in the home and would regularly intimidate Evan with his size and power. Evan had a set of house rules to which he had to follow which included him saying good morning, Daddy, to Bodine before he was even allowed to use the bathroom in the morning. If Evan failed to comply with these rules, he was beaten and punished. During one incident mentioned in the affidavit, Bodine had beaten Evan and Miller so badly that they both required CPR. Miller would testify that Bodine had been abusive towards both her and her son during the course of the relationship and that she should have saved her son, Miller wasn't the only one who failed her son, though, and DCF were heavily criticised during the trial. It was discovered that whilst several attempts had been made to contact Miller, DCF had attached pamphlets and business cards to the front door of the home where they were living. DCF also sent messages and emails that went unanswered whilst trying to serve the PFA for Evan. Another incident shows just how far Carlo went in order to get his son back. On August 11th, 2017, Carlo and Sarah showed up at the home where Evan, Miller and Bodine were living. Carlo demanded to see his son, and in response, Bodine walked out of the home swinging a hatchet, threatening them both. The entire event was filmed and shown in court. However, this video has never been released to the public. Bodine slashed the tyres of the car Carlo and Sarah were driving and was arrested for this act. During the trial, the jury was shown videos and images taken from inside the home where Evan spent his last few months. In a sickening act, and one we've seen far too much lately, Miller and Bodine had used their phones and CCTV cameras to record the abuse as objected upon Evan. In one clip, Bodine can be heard saying, quote, That attitude, Evan, it's done. And if it's not going to be done, you're going to be done. Another video showed Evan standing naked next to the wall with a belt around his neck. This was likely not an isolated incident, and Miller would later state that if Bodine felt she was not punishing Evan hard enough, he would step in. Three year old Evan would be forced to stand naked, facing the wall for hours, whilst his mother and her boyfriend berated him. Other videos would show Evan being slapped and shouted at for hours whilst he screamed and cried. Bodine would regularly put a belt around Evan's neck and strangle him, telling Miller that children should be treated like dogs. Miller told the courts that she was also being abused by Bodine and was scared to act. However, video and audio recordings would later show that Miller was complicit and had a hand in her son's abuse. The court also told the jury that Bodine and Miller bragged and choked Evan until he lost consciousness. According to reports, there were over 16,000 photos and videos collected that comprised evidence of Evan being abused. So at that point
2: in time, I think it ended up being nighttime, so it was bedtime. And Evan would sleep in his chair and he would be fine. He wouldn't be he wouldn't safe. Nothing like that. moment <coughs> he would lay down, he would start getting sick. Start either gagging or wanting to gag. gag even. So I wanted him to sleep in the chair sitting up. Stephen, no. He needs to be in bed. He needs to lay down. He needs to be in that bed, and he needs to lay on his stomach. Well, Evan would lay there for a little bit, and then he would move, toss his head, cough. Or he'd just be laying there or he'd lift his head up well that wasn't doing what he was told he needed to be punished he's goofing off he's not going to sleep someone needs to discipline him if if you don't go in there and discipline him i will go in there and discipline and you know my discipline is way harder than yours is that the video we see on may 19th and that is the video you see on May. 19th. Went in hit him pretty hard well. yes <clears throat> yes second time for just moving his head i believe did you see him move nope how do you know he moved steven said so steven said he saw it and he heard it so we went back in and hit him again yes is that what killed him no is this is at night or is this the morning uh morning so how long after that is it that Evans killed? I want to say maybe six, seven hours. So that- <coughs> To, to the point around the time you see me spanking him. Steven's like, and I'm like, he's not gonna go to sleep, obviously. He's been up all night. It's not doing any good. Me going in and spanking him. But like, I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna get Evan up for the day. Evan don't have to worry about trying to lay still. No more spankings, we'll just get him up for the day and start breakfast. So. To the point where something to okay. um he ate breakfast that was a struggle and didn't want to eat but at this point in time he had not had any food or kept any food down for three days so Stephen was he's gonna have to be forced bed and he's like either you do it or i will do it I said, I'll do it. I can get him to eat. So I got some donuts and I broke it in half and I handed it to Evan and I said, please eat. And he looked at me and he shook his head and Stephen yelled at him. He's like, eat. He started eating the donut. He couldn't keep it down. And Stephen's like, don't you puke that up. Don't puke it up. You will get in trouble and Stephen's behind Evan, and I'm in front of him, and he has a cup of juice. And to keep Evan to eat without gagging, either I or Stephen would hit him. Until after he ate three donuts, he had lost his juice because he didn't eat fast enough, according to Stephen. So he lost his juice. He was to get down from the table and go stand in the corner until it was nap time. Evan got down, walked over to the corner by the door, and stood in the corner with his hands behind his back. I don't know how long he was there, a good couple hours. If he moved, cried, whined, Stephen yelled at him again if he moved if if steven got to him before if if Stephen got to him evan was smacked beat slammed against the wall kicked so i would try to beat Stephen before evan because i don't hit my son as hard as steven does. you can't stop Stephen. but you're him too no at that point i didn't evan ended up Collapsing on the floor, and I said, Evan, you need to stand up. I need you to stand up. And I don't know if Stephen was in my bedroom or in the bathroom. And he's like, Boy, you better get up. If you're not gonna listen to her, I'm gonna make you get up. And um Evan's still not getting up. Um I believe Stephen grabbed him, stood him up. And then hauled off, and I don't know if it was backhand, forward. All I know it was full strength, slapped him, and then spun and slammed against the wall. Instantly, cuts. I ran to him. He's screaming, and I'm like, "It's okay." And Stephen's just going off. This is all your fault, Miranda. If you wanted, if you would have disciplined your child, if he would listen. I'm like, Stephen, there's something wrong with that. You won't stop crying. There's something wrong. Stephen takes him from me, goes into the bathroom, and shuts the door. All I can hear, I can't get through the door. All I can hear is, wake up. Look at me. Wake up. He opens the door, and he's like, I need you to be as calm as you can be and do CPR. I tried doing CPR in the bathroom. There was no room. We moved to the living room. There wasn't enough room. So we went to Evan's room and I did CPR. I got him to take a breath, like And then he stopped breathing again. Stephen took him back into the bathroom, shut the door. By this time, I don't know what's going on. Stephen's still trying. He's doing something. He brings me back out into Evan's room. And Stephen has him in between his arms like this, trying to, like, compress his chest. And I'm like, just let me try and do CPR again. And it sounds like Evan's gagging or something's got something in his mouth. And so I try to do the hook thing. I start doing CPR, and I just keep doing CPR. Stephen ends up leaving me in the room with Evan as I'm doing CPR. And he goes and sits in the living room and just shakes his head. And he says we can't tell him big. We can't do anything. I do CPR on Evan for over forty-five minutes. I don't want to give up. I can't. I can't stop. But I can't breathe, and I can't. I just. I can't. And I end up taking my stuff and laying on the couch, and that's the last time I ever saw my son. Did you didn't notice anything about his body when he came out of the bathroom? Either time. I know he was wet. How much of him was wet? His hair was wet. Was the rest of his body wet? I can't remember. Was his clothing wet? I can't remember. (laughs) He (laughs) didn't pull his shirt off. And not sorry. But it didn't seem right. I I knew something wasn't right. And I'm like, where's Evan? He's like, we're not talking about it. And Evan's name was not allowed to be mentioned ever again.
1: Miller gave varying dates as to when Evan could have passed away. Initially she told investigators that she believed Bodine had killed Evan on May 16, 2017 but would later say it could have been anywhere from May 19th to May 23rd. On Evan's final day, whenever that was, he was subjected to some of the evilest treatment known to man. Miller testified in the days before his death, Evan had become ill, and Bodine refused to let her seek medical treatment for the boy. It was also alleged that Bodine and Miller were users of methamphetamine, which was explained to DCF by Carlo. On the day that Evan died, Bodine hit him so hard that he became unresponsive because he refused to eat. Miller watched as Bodine beat her son to unconsciousness and did nothing to stop it. According to Miller, after begging Bodine to do something, he took Evan into the bathroom and when he came out, the boy was soaping wet with wet hair. After this, Miller attempted to perform CPR on Evan for upwards of 45 minutes, but he didn't respond. Instead of calling 911, Miller and Bodine left Evan there to die. In another version of events, it is said that Bodine took Evan into the bathroom and when he returned, that was when Evan was limp and unresponsive. According to Miller, what happened next is a blur, and she claimed that, quote, "The next thing I remembered, I was waking up and asking about Evan." Unquote. In a chilling statement, Bodine told his girlfriend that Evan had gone, because they were no longer able to care for him. Throughout her testimony, Miller confirmed that she was not sure which day Evan passed away. The coroner would also add that Evan had Benadryl in his system at the time of his death. And Miller also added that she believed Bodine had force-fed Evan large amounts of salt in the days leading up to his death. Shortly after little Evan had passed away at the hands of his cruel mother and her boyfriend, the two began plotting what to do with his body. Both were aware that Carlo Brewer had gone to DCF and the police about their abuse, but they decided to hide Evan's body in the home. Investigators believe that Evan's death was likely prompted by the PFA and the order instructing Bo and Miller to hand Evan over to his biological father Carlo. Around May 26, 2017, Bodine left his home at the 2,000 block of South Iron in Wichita to purchase some concrete and a trowel. Bodine told Miller that he wanted to, quote, take care of Evan before he started to smell, unquote, and he told her about his idea to encase the little boy in concrete. Investigators would later confirm that the blankets and tarps used to wrap Evan in belonged to Bodine and Miller, along with Evan's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bedsheet. His body was wrapped up and encased in concrete, all whilst his mother watched. Evan wouldn't be the only child subjected to cruelty at the hands of Stephen Bodine. His daughter, whose name we will not release, told the courts that she had suffered similar treatment to Evan. Thankfully, she lived to tell the tale. Those in court cried as the details of Evan's final day were being read aloud. Jurors could not quite believe what they were hearing. A mother and boyfriend systematically tortured and abused a little boy and encased his body in a concrete slab to dispose of him. At trial, it was revealed that Stephen Bodine confessed to being quote, the one who put the kid in the concrete in the laundry room, unquote. Miller agreed to testify against Bodine in exchange for a lesser charge and the two were held in a $500,000 bond each. After months of heartbreaking testimony from DCF, the Wichita Police, Carlo Brewer and first responders, the pair were finally ready to face their punishment. In exchange for her testimony against her boyfriend, Stephen Bodine, the charge of first-degree murder was removed from Miller, and she instead was given the charges of second-degree murder, aggravated kidnapping, child abuse and aggravated endangering a child. She pled guilty to all charges in November of 2018 and was sentenced in 2019 to serve 25 years in prison for her involvement in the death of her three-year-old son, Evan. Stephen Bodine was charged with first-degree murder, aggravated kidnapping, child abuse, aggravated assault, endangering a child and criminal damage. On all counts, Stephen Bodine was found guilty, and he was sentenced to serve over 109 years in prison. Burdine chose to remain silent during his trial, allowing his legal counsel to speak for him. In a statement to the court, Miranda Miller said, I should have called the police when the abuse first started. At the time, I did what I thought was best. In the end, I failed as a mother to protect my child. I will live with that for the rest of my life. Stephen controlled my phone, my money, my behaviour. Stephen physically, mentally and emotionally abused me and Evan. I did try to leave and get Evan and myself away from Stephen more than once. Unquote. In a heartbreaking victim statement to the court, Carlo Brewer, Evan's biological father, who moved heaven and earth to get his son back, said, quote, The day Evan was found, I was in disbelief and denial. I thought... There was no way possible that anyone, even the worst individual, could look at this beautiful, innocent child and harm him. I didn't want to believe that a mother could harm or allow someone to harm their child. The individual who gave birth to this child betrayed him and was his predator. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives. Please search Stolen Lives on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss an episode and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu.